This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition, Spider-Man Homecoming. Welcome 
special edition iFanboy podcast on Spider-Man Homecoming. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Oh, I, the title just made sense to me. <laughs> oh, it just clicked. Oh, okay. I get it now. All right, cool. Hey, Connor. <laughs> hey, Ron. We're here to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming, which is Sony's latest reboot of Spider-Man, but this time... They've allowed Marvel along for the ride. So Spider-Man is, is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the first time in a solo film. The first time since he appeared in Captain America Civil War last year. Yes, last year. And uh, so we're, we're talking about it. There'll be some spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, you might, might want to pause it and come back after. Uh, but before we get into the movie uh, talk, I wonder if this is maybe cursed for iFanboy because we, you and I both had technical problems at our screenings. Yeah, so very excited for Spider-Man: Homecoming, right? It's always a great time, right? Yes. You know, the, I, I really enjoy Tom Holland in Civil War. I was really excited to see what they're going to do. I heard nothing but good things from people that work at Marvel as well as other, you know, other uh, critics and you know folks like that who got to see advanced screenings. Um, so I bought a ticket for Friday opening day afternoon. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. I left super early. I took the subway down to Brooklyn. I go to the Alamo Draft House. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's a New York uh, viewing of Spider-Man. You know, it's his homecoming. Right. And, uh, and I'm sitting through, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I love about Alamo is that they don't show a ton of trailers. They just show, like, the good ones, basically. Right. And um, so there was just a bizarre, odd, no, long number of trailers. I'm on trailer number four. I'm like, man, there's a lot of trailers. Now, I had plans after the movie, right? So I'm on right. a tight schedule. Right. Halfway through the fourth trailer... Fire alarm goes off, lights come up, projector turns off, and everyone's looking around. And then a speaker comes on. This is the fire marshal. It's okay. It's a. It's it's not a. Uh, this is a a uh, uh, not a drill, but the, it's not a fire. Everything's all right. Go about your business. Another minute walks by, and the Alamo person comes in and says, "Hey, we're so sorry. The fire alarm went off. It turns off all the projectors. We're booting all the projectors back up. It'll be up in like a minute or two. I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, if this movie doesn't start in the next minute, I have to leave. <laughs> I hate that and feeling. So, yeah, because I'm like, I have something that I cannot be late for. Like, I, was, I had a gig that I had to get to. And so I was like, waited a minute, no, no movie. I got up and I left. I went downstairs. Luckily, I went downstairs. I explained it. They gave me tickets for the next day, the next, the next morning, Saturday morning at 930. And so I'm like, okay, great. I'll just, you know, it's fine. I made it home in time for, my, for, for the gig. I had a relaxing night. Got up early this morning. Got up at 8. Took my shower, got all ready. It's already 85 degrees in New York City. I go to the subway, and they're doing track work on the subway between <laughs> Queens and Brooklyn. And the movie's supposed to start at 9.30. And so I left. I literally left at 8.40. I left the house at 8.40. This is a 20-minute trip usually, right? Yeah. right? Um, I get to the Bedford stop. I get out. I wait for the shuttle train to come. About five minutes goes by, get on the shuttle train, it's going maybe two miles an hour, and I, the movie starts at, the, the, the Alamo says it starts at 9.30. Keep it on Alamo Draft House, if you're late, they will not let you in with no refund, right? Right, right. Um, but I knew from yesterday that there were f- at least four trailers, so I knew I had at least 10 minute padding, right? Right. I got off the subway at 9.34, ran in the 85 degree heat to the theater, <laughs> two and a half blocks to the theater, up the elevator, up the escalator, I sit down in my seat at the end of the last trailer. I text my girlfriend that I made it. As soon as I send that text, I get the Alamo. This is, you know, do not text, do not talk, do not be late. This is, a, you know, like they're warning. I just made it by just at the in the nick of time. <sighs> <sighs> well, my, my, mine is not as dramatic. This. Yeah, you, you've earned this. Sh- I, I, mine is not as dramatic, but I uh, similarly to you, I ran out early Friday to see it around three o'clock. I had I had finished everything I needed to do for the day at work, and I was like, "Well, there's a screening literally right next door at three 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 forty five, twenty minutes." So I ran over there and got a ticket, and sat down. This was a 
This was an AMC. Not an ideal viewing scenario, but it was right next door, and it was 3 o'clock, and I figured that would be okay. Convenience. Um, it's fine. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, AMC shows all the trailers that are out, like every trailer on the on the Apple app, like all of them get shown at AMC. And uh, so we're going through all the trailers, and I'm getting ready to run if, if the Last Jedi trailer comes out, because I've run out of that theater before uh, for Star Wars trailers. <laughs> you are a maniac. <laughs> so I, I had like the runner's position going on the seat in case yep. I needed to bolt. Uh, luckily, it never happened, because I forgot it wasn't actually a Disney movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we get to the last trailer. And so, oh, I should note, this is a theater showing it in 3D and standard D. And, of course, I chose standard D because I, I, that's, that's the preferred viewing, viewing for me. And right. so I'm sitting there. And, and after the last trailer, uh, a sign, a sign for, for real D, 3D comes up and says, please put on your glasses. And we all looked at each other. Oh, weird. In the theater, we were like, what is going on? And then they showed a Black Panther trailer in 3D. And we were all like, well, huh. what's happening? <laughs> and so someone went out and told, the, told someone and it shut down. Because, you know... The days of <laughs> we're old, as people who listen to the show know, we like to talk about. It. We'll get to the movie in a second. It's like <laughs> this is like the WTF podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We uh, we uh, we we're old, and when, our, when we were kids, there was somebody at the goddamn projector booth who would monitor to make sure everything was going right. And exactly, I had the same thought when I think happened. Because <laughs> at, at the same theater, when I went to see Doctor Strange, actually, uh, the the slowly the colors started going bad to the point where they all got inverted. But oh, we sat and watched an entire trailer first because I was just amused. I was like, "Is anyone going to notice this?" And <laughs> as, as an entire trailer went through like that, I went I went up and got them to to fix it. But it took forever because no one's in the theater monitoring if anything's happening. This isn't exactly this isn't your high end theater like the Arclight or whatever. So we went out. They turned it off, and we literally sat there for twenty minutes. And already we sat through twenty minutes of trailers because it's AMC. And I'm like, "Well, now I'm adding an hour to this experience." Oh um, man! And finally, it came on, but it was just like. The, the quick in and out I was hoping for, because um, I had to go back to the office to do something. I got, I got pinged uh, as I was sitting there that something, something had gone haywire I had to go fix. So I had to end up back at the office until late because I ran out early. But because, because it went wrong, and I knew yours got screwed up before I left, so I was like, wow, this movie's cursed. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Maybe because the heat, July, the holiday, who knows? But listen, we, are, um, uh, we earned this movie. That's what I'm saying. And luckily, luckily... Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming was delightful, and it and the, it made all of the annoying stuff around it uh, pay off because the movie was well worth it. Yeah, I opinion. think I think the big the big <laughs> takeaway from this is that it's fun. Uh, it's just it, it was great. It was great. And long time, I, I, have, I have one major complaint, but we can get to that. Yeah, and they're they're it's not the perfect film by any means, but uh, I think it's what's interesting to note is that it is the third Spider-Man reboot since two thousand and two thousand one two thousand and one. So this is we yeah. So this Sam is Randy this is our third. Our third reboot, our third Spider-Man now with with Tom Holland following in the footsteps of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Um, and and long time, long long time listeners will know I, I wasn't a big fan of the Raimi films. I liked the second one a lot, but the, I, I didn't yeah. like the first one and I hated the third one. Um, the Garfield films were not good films, but he was good. I liked yep. him and I liked uh, Emma Stone, obviously. In the, in every- the, the good the. The greatest moment in the Gar- in the two Garfield films was that that shot of Spider-Man with the fireman hat putting out the with the fi- with the fireman. Yes. Yes. Like that was that was the that was the high point of those Garfield films. I, I enjoy I like Andrew Garfield a lot. I liked him as, as Spider-Man, but th- those movies were not good. I was actually thinking about this on the subway ride back this morning, which <laughs> was very slow going again. Um, damn weekend track work. Uh, 
there's been a lot of talk recently, and we're, we're channeling Marin here and not talking about what we're actually talking about. But there's been a lot of talk about the um, producer-driven movie era that we, right. we seem to have entered in, and uh, you know, with recently with the Han Solo director firing, and and you know, and we've talked a lot about how these Marvel movies are no longer really director-driven; that they're getting good directors who can execute on the producer's vision, right? right? And I was thinking about it, and I was like, because I, I agree with you. I didn't love the Raimi movies. I mean, there was the initial, which Josh loves. If he was here, he'd grown at this. But like, the, I can't believe we have a Spider-Man yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, like that shock that happened to it. But as the years have gone on, I've wondered if the thing that have made us complain about these superhero movies is that you have someone like a Sam Raimi. Or I don't even know who directed. Oh no, it was the Five Hundred Days of Summer guy. Mark Webb. Spider- Mark Webb. Yeah, come in and they try to do their take on it or their vision and and in this case like you had kevin feige very involved in this production and you know a young new hungry director who just probably you know i I imagine put a lot of his own injected a lot of his own um personality into it but like executed on the marvel vision for a spider-man movie and if you ask me this is the best spider-man movie of all now what six movies oh yeah and by far um and it's the best Spider-Man. It's the best Spider-Man, yes. the best Spider-Man movie. But that producer-driven thing is—I think—it's only really true for Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, they, right. the other theaters, the other studios want those. They don't have those things yet. I mean, it's, it's still a direct, movies are still a director-driven medium, and that right, sure, overall. But 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 in, yeah, I think in these mega corporate library of characters, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly, that's absolutely yeah. true, one hundred percent. Anyway. I think this is the best Spider-Man. I, we, we talked about during the Civil War show that Hiddleston was uh, – Hiddleston? H- Holland. <laughs> Not Holland. Hiddleston. Tom Holland. They're both British. Uh, was a great Spider-Man. And he's, he's a great Spider-Man. I mean that's the bottom line. I think this is the first time they really captured Peter Parker uh, properly. You know, right. the science nerd in school, um, even if – we'll get to some of the weirdness at the school. But uh, I, he just – he's a delight. He's a, he's yeah, a, he's, he's great. He's, he's the right – Size and shape. Spider-Man should be small, and he should be young. That's what makes him the most interesting. And and when he's in, when he's bouncing around off of the Avengers, as we saw in Civil War, and when he's hanging out with Tony Stark here, he should be in contrast. He shouldn't be like every other hero in the in the room. And that's physically, he looks different, which is nice. Yeah, no, I mean, they they got two things very, very right about this movie is that it it, it definitely is a kids movie. I mean, it definitely is a high, truly high school. We never really believed Tobey Maguire was in high school, right? No, no. Um, and I think they he put him like in college. 30. I think they put him in college very quickly, like in the second or third movie, right? So, well, he was um, out of, he was out of high school in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they got that right, and then also, it took place mainly in Queens. Yeah. Right, which which is which is so true to the Spider-Man, you know, kind of mythos, and you know, like that. That's the kind of thing. I'm thinking back to the Tobey Maguire and the and and Andrew Garfield movies. You had the Flatiron Building, you had Times Square, like all these New York City kind of icons. But like reality, Spider-Man for all these years and stuff like that. He lived in Forest Hills. He like you know like all that stuff. So well, so he, seeing he, he lived there, but he would he would go to Manhattan. Yeah, for true. Fire no, fire but it, yeah, but it's it's um it's. It's great to see a, a Spider-Man in his roots, yes. kind of in that, you know, and and have fun with it. I mean, like I love, I would have watched an entire movie of him being friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but like I almost wish, I wish there was more of that. Um, you know, seeing him riding the seven on top of the seven, or like <laughs> sitting on that, uh, sitting on that uh, on the balcony overlooking the seven line right right by Woodside. Like it was great. It was uh, it, it was you know. So I, they they definitely got what makes Spider-Man work. The Ramones, there were multiple Ramones songs. Yeah. Um, that that works a lot. That worked a lot for me. So. so the 
general plot is that and I, first of all, I love the opening, which which we get the iPhone movie of his life leading up to and then during Civil War and immediately after Civil War. I thought that was a genius move. I thought it was really well. well and even and even before that, we we got eight years ago where we see basically the villain. We see Michael Keaton's origin That's of right. you know you know a a, a a guy who runs a salvage crew cleaning up the mess after the first Avengers movie, and then uh, damage control comes in and takes the job away from him, um, which you know uh, builds his hatred for you know kind of the you know heroes and the government and all that sort of stuff, and then kind of sets the his villainous path in motion as becoming an arms dealer did not expect to see Tyne Daly in this movie. <laughs> well, that was a pl- I was like, Oh, there's Cagney or Lacey. I don't remember. Tyne Daly. Good to see you again. Didn't know you were still alive. First of all, I had a minor existential crisis. So I was like, was it eight years ago? Was Avengers eight years? Yeah. Ago? Was it eight years ago? Yeah, no, that was, was 2009, 2008. 2009, I think. Let me see. Uh, and, and there was also later in the movie when Happy ref- uh, said to Tony that he's been holding on to that ring for since 2008. I was like, oh, that's a long time. Oh, no, the Avengers movie was 2012. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Oh, that's interesting. So these huh. movies take place in the future? In the future? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, it can't be eight years ago. I, I, I can't. That can't have happened. I, I, I don't yeah. um, <laughs> But uh, let's you know. So we have we have Adrian Toomes, uh, the Vultures, the main villain played by was it, is he is he goddamn American Treasure Michael Keaton? Did we? Make, I don't think he was. Uh, it's real close. I know he's an American Treasure. I don't know if he's a goddamn American Treasure because there was some shakiness. Although I think multiplicity makes him deserve to become a goddamn <laughs> American Treasure. Uh, but he's real close. He's an, at least an American Treasure, and he continues that in this uh, in this movie. If you ask me, I thought Michael Keaton was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what was what was interesting though is if you know if you know the. I'm going to say, quote, rumors to protect us of the behind-the-scenes stuff at Marvel. Uh, it's interesting how S.H.I.E.L.D. has been completely obliterated from these movies, and now that damage control has taken their spot, and also the FBI. So there's a point in the movie where there's an FBI raid on on Tombs and his crew, and I'm like, well, this would have been S.H.I.E.L.D. In, you know, yep. 10 years ago, yep. but uh, yep. all the politics at Marvel prevented that from happening. But uh, So damage control is introduced as a shadowy, as the Department of Damage Control, not not the traditional comics version of damage control. Um <laughs> And they do the cleanup, and they, you, you know, in reality, they would have paid off his contract and send him on his way. They would. That, that was that him. was my thought too. That was my thought was that was that they they would have reimbursed them and said you're done and pay. But you got to have motivation. That's that's right. fine. There's a, so, there's a lot of there were there were a couple of moments where I needed to forget about reality yes, in yes. this movie, which is fine. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> he he and his crew uh, managed to get away with one crate full of alien technology, and they used that to start a uh, arms business in which they have been creating super powered weapons for people under uh, you know. Uh, undercover for years, and uh, so. But in addition to Adrian Toomes, you had the Shocker, or you had two versions of the Shocker. You had the Tinkerer, and yep. uh, and his crew, and um, nice little cameo from uh, from the Prowler, played by Donald Glover. And what was interesting about that was the Prowler is the uncle of of Miles Morales. Yeah, he mentions in the movie that he's got a, he's got a he's got a nephew in the neighborhood, and you know everybody yeah. wanted Donald Glover to play Miles Morales. He's he's fifteen years too old to do that, but. Uh, I thought it was a nice little subtle nod to to Miles Morales being in the neighborhood with uh, the Prowler showing up. Yeah, that, that that was really great. And also, we had we saw Mac Gar- Mac Gargan, right. um, who will go on with in, in the end credit uh, in the mid credit tease, assuming you know the villain for the next movie. But uh, he was the Scorpion, and he has a Scorpion tattoo. So I thought they did a really good job of weaving in. The villains and names and things like that from the movie, um, it, for, from the comics into the movie. This is very much a um, 
a mix, a blend of we we said how a lot of the the Raimi movie and even the Garfield movie was like okay, this is really Ultimate Spider Man, not actually right. Spider Man. This was kind of like a blender of of old school Spider-Man mixed with a little ultimate Spider-Man mixed with Miles Morales. So, so yeah. much so that Bendis and Pacelli got thanked at the end of the movie. Bagley yeah. did not. Um, <laughs> well, I, I did, I did notice that there, the uh, at various scenes in Queens. There, if you look at any, if you look at any of the spray paint, there were names of artists and one of them was Bagley. Uh, no, so that was that. a nice little nod. That was a nice little nod. Yeah. So, well, I mean, they got thanked specifically because, uh, even though the character's name is, uh, Ned Leeds. Yeah. Yes. Who was, who was, Peter Parker's comic book uh, best friend, and uh, he's yep. he's he's ganky. He's ganky, yeah. yeah. And and that, that really makes me wonder why, because also because also Peter's uh, love interest in this movie is Liz Allen. Who I'm well, pretty sure in the co- I'm pretty sure the in the com- in the comics Ned and Liz end up together, right? Well, here's the thing. That's the twist. That's one of the two twists we, sh- we should talk about. So anyway, yeah. this whole movie's about uh, Peter Parker uh, stopping the Vulture, uh, his his nefarious plans. And actually, what was interesting was it was. Very much a traditional Spider-Man arc in that he had to learn power and responsibility, but they yep. never actually said those words, and Uncle Ben's never mentioned. So it was they still told the traditional Spider-Man story in which he is arrogant, but he has to learn to not be arrogant and to be a better man and a better hero. They just didn't hammer us with the power responsibility uh, mantra. Right. And and we didn't we didn't get a a origin again. Right. There's when when Ned slash Genki finds out that Peter's Spider Man, he just says he's like you got bit by a spider and like that's it. Yeah. You know which which is great, which is a good decision. And a lot of this is it was basically power and responsibility, but ne- they never said that, and you never get any Uncle Ben reference or anything like that. And actually, it's a really good growth exercise with Tony Stark as the mentor and, you know, and, yep. and, you know, the rough arc that Peter goes through throughout the whole movie. I thought they handled that, the kind of maturity question really well. Yeah. So there's a lot of Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, who is Peter's science bro mentor and, uh, who shows up throughout the film. And, you know, it's a, you know, all, all Peter wants to be is an Avenger. People keep asking the Spider-Man and Avenger and he gets that chance at the very end of join the Avengers, drop out of high school and join the Avengers. And he chooses to go back to school. And that was, that was nice, and then the little twist of that he actually was inviting him to the Avengers, as it wasn't a test. Yeah. It was nice, but that, you see, that was very funny. So the very, very end of the movie when he goes up to Avengers, you know, Compound. ranch, uh, yeah, <laughs> in upstate New York, and and basically Tony, tell, you know, they Tim and Tony make up, and Tony wants to give him the Iron Spider costume and introduce him as a member of the Avengers, and and Peter turns it down and thinking it's a test, but it turns out there really is a press conference. But then we get Gwyneth Paltrow, and we see that Gwyneth Paltrow and Tony are back together, and like that that whole interplay between Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, and John Favreau is happy. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh. I'd like another Iron Man movie. Yes. Well, I, you know, <laughs> there's two twists in the film. One is that Pepper Pot shows up at the very end. And I was genuinely surprised because, again, we, I don't read anything about these movies. I tried not to read anything about these movies. Um, but uh, she, when she walked in, I, I literally went, oh, because she, we haven't seen her since Iron Man 3. She wasn't in Avengers. She wasn't in any of the subsequent Avengers films. So uh, it yeah. was nice to see her there. She's, she's a great mix of these characters. She's a great chemistry with Robert Downey Jr., um, but the other twist, and you mentioned Liz, was that so Peter's in love with Liz, who's his his, his classmate at, at you know not it's not Midtown High, it's whatever whatever science school it is. In yeah, mid it's Midtown School of Technology or whatever it is. Yeah, so. he's in love with Liz, who's a senior. He's a sophomore. 
Um, they they bond over being it's in the m- Midtown School of Science and Technology. Okay, and they bond over being on ma- the math decathlete, uh, science decathlete, whatever team, the the brainy Olympic team, and uh, he ends up taking her to the homecoming dance. And we we this is the first twist where, where I, I literally was shocked was uh, where the door opens when he goes to pick her up, and her dad is is uh, Michael Keaton, uh, Adrian Toomes, and. Uh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. But then the thing, I thought about it. They never said her last name. And so right. we're supposed to assume she's Liz Allen because it's Liz in the high school. However, right. they never said her last name. So clearly she's Liz Toombs. She's not Liz, Liz Allen. I thought they said her last name at some point. I don't think they ever did. I look at the credits, uh, she's only listed as Liz. Oh, interesting. So we all we all jumped to the conclusion. They played with our knowledge, our foreknowledge of the character names, and made her. And we, they do the same thing with with Michelle. You're right. I'm looking on. I'm looking on IMDb. Yeah, her name is Liz. Yeah, it doesn't say Liz Allen. Yeah. So they played. They 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 they, they played with us there. They made us think. Oh, yeah. well, Liz Allen clearly, and then it wasn't her. Um, but yeah. that, was, that was actually yeah, a really great twist. And the, yeah, and then the big twist at the end where there, there's the, you know, kind of the lonely girl, Michelle, who is kind of on the outskirts of everything going on at school. And then at the very end of the movie, we find out that she prefers to be referred to as MJ. So so we got we have a little bit of playing with the characters. She's not Mary Jane. She's yep. Michelle, but she's also MJ. So that's that's OK. Yeah, I think it's OK. In this particular world, they've created um which is interesting because you 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 think that the Marvel version of these characters would be more pure to the to the characters, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I liked all the school stuff, even though yeah. the Flash character played by Tony Rivalori, who was really great, who was great in um, in the Grand Budapest Hotel, and it was great in uh, in that yeah. movie we loved. What was that movie we loved? Uh, <laughs> Which one? the hip hop the hip hop movie? Oh, dope. dope. He was in dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's great playing Flash. However. Not a convincing bully. No, um, not at all. Because he's he's also like on the on the decathlon. The the, the <laughs> like, like he. The problem is is that he, they're at a, a school for gifted students. So how do you make Flash dumb? You can't. So they just made him a bully nerd, which is fine, I guess. It's funny because like I didn't go to a school for gifted students, but I went to a smart New York City public high school in Queens. Yeah. And uh, we had jocks. Yeah, yeah, jocks are smart too. Like guys that are good at sports can be smart too. So I was like, well, I guess he's just an asshole, not so much a bully. Um, yeah. But that was the only one I was having a hard time wrapping my head around was was the fact that the bully was weighed hundred hundred pounds soaking wet. But uh, yeah, but it was funny. I mean, it was he was good, funny. Yeah. And he was great. But yeah. the high school stuff was all fun. You know, they were very influenced. It, it was very sort of eighties high school influence. They apparently watched all the John Hughes movies in preparation. Like they made he made the cast sit down and watch them all. Um, the director, yep. the director who should mention is uh, John Watts. Yeah, and uh, and, and uh, the script is written by uh, John Francis Daly, from right. which which is our very interesting. I um, was he did he co-write it or what? Because well, he co- I think he, he's a partner. He co-wrote it with Jonathan Goldstein, who's his writing partner. But there was three, right. three script versions, so there was three writing teams. That, but eventually they wrote right. But but so the, but the the connection. So John Francis Daly was Sam in Freaks and Geeks, and we also have Martin Starr, who was in Freaks and Geeks, playing Peter's teacher and uh, the decathlon the, the team teacher. You know, guiding teacher. So many Freaks and Geeks connections to this movie as well too, which is great. <laughs> I'm just happy whenever Martin Starr shows up in anything now. Uh, uh, and he was great in this. He was like he was. Like I've been, I've gotten so used to uh, Martin Starr, Silicon Valley, you know, yeah. like you know, like that that kind of persona. 
Arizona to see him as a science teacher was was very funny, and he did great. So did you yeah. catch that Principal Marita? The yes. school was the was the grandson of uh, the the Marita character from Captain America. Yeah, well, he's he's one of the he's one of the Howling Commandos, and right. and actually when Peter's in his office, you see there's a bunch of uh, awards and there's a black and white picture of him in his office as well too. Yeah, um, yeah that that was neat to see. Uh, there, you know, I, I, you might, we mentioned the shockers in it. It was neat to see that the, whoever had the shocker gauntlet had the yellow sleeve jacket with yep. the, with the, you know, like, so that, that was a nice little nod to the character's, um, uh, costume. Um, of course we had Stan Lee, right? We got a little Stan Lee cameo, which is good. Um, the other, the, the other thing also was that there was a bunch of little references to the scientists of the movie throughout, like at one point, um, there, there, when Peter's in, uh, this in science class, there are pictures of famous scientists and things like that. And at one point, there's um, I saw I saw John Slattery as Howard yeah. Stark, and I also saw there's a black and white picture of of um, of uh, Bruce Banner. And Stanley Tucci was also in there too. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was just really fun. The the adventures of Peter and Queens were fun. That whole montage where we, where where Stanley was there, where he was fighting crime that day, and things were going right, things were also going wrong. Uh, I loved him giving the woman directions. Like that whole montage of him, you know. Tony tells Peter to stay on the ground and be on be the hero on the ground. So there's a whole great montage of him doing that. Sometimes he stops a crime. Sometimes he's helping a lady, uh, you know, cross the street. Sometimes he's stopping the guy from opening his own car. Like it was that was a fun sequence, and then. He goes to DC with the decathletes, where uh, where uh, the you know the the little piece of technology they, they scavenged from from one of the fights with the vulture actually blows up the Washington Monument and in, yep. endangering his fellow students, and that was a great sequence of him saving them. I don't love all the technology in the spider suit. That's just my personal I, Spider-Man thing. Um, I was going to ask about that. So, so he, you know, it's the same spider suit from Civil War, and there's a lot of him using it. Then at one point, he uh, hacks it and finds out that uh, Tony has put in uh, training wheels protocol, and so he undoes that, and that unlocks a Jarvis-like AI. Which actually, do you know who who did the voice yeah, of the Jennifer, AI? Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly, who's married to Paul Bettany, who was the voice of the of Jarvis, which then became the Vision. Well, it's all connected. Um, but, uh, and, and just lots of technology in that suit. And that's just a little away from the Spider-Man mythos, but it's also modern. So I, I allowed it. I, I know. It I, I don't, so, I mean, yeah. it's not totally away, but the thing was, I think my, you know, we all have our Spider-Man. My Spider-Man is the guy whose suit's always just barely working. Yep. Because he's poor, right? That's yeah. the whole thing. And so if he's got a super, that's why at the very end when they showed him the, the, spy, the, super, the spider suit, the, uh, what was it called? The spider the, the uh, Iron one, Spider. Iron Spider suit. Yeah. I went, oh, yeah. fuck. Like, yep. I, I thought yep. he was going to take it, and I thought, oh, no. But No, that, that's that's why that moment when I saw that suit, I'm like, oh, he's not going to take it. Right. And and th- thankfully, I was right. He did not, so that was good. But, but like, <laughs> you know, I just – I like I like Spider-Man who's, really, who's on the knife's edge. Now, I guess that's what worked about the Raimi films. Yeah. That he, but um, I well, also uh, thought that as a 15-year-old boy, if you had Jennifer Connelly whispering in your ear like that all the time, you would not get a lot done. Like when 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 he saved Liz and he's hanging upside down and they're both looking at each other and then Jennifer Connelly and his voice is going, "Now's your chance, Peter, kiss her." It's like it was a little little like whispery there. That was like. <laughs> I would be uh, happy if it was you. I was like, "Wow, it, you should not be telling that to a fifteen-year-old boy in that breathy whispery." Exactly, like, but it was nice to have him somebody have somebody for him to talk to. I yeah. thought the the scene where he's trapped in the damage control vault was really funny. Yeah. You know, like it, where he was alone and he's talking to you know the, he called 
Foss, he names her Karen. He was right. talking to that and, and learning about how to use the suit and all stuff like that. That was fun. There was only 37 minutes had gone by, which yeah. is very funny. Um, I thought that the, um, the, the big, well, we, we talked a little about Keaton being great, but the big kind of, um, fight at the end, uh, kicks off with Keaton bringing the the roof down of a warehouse down on Peter, and we get you know I was like oh they're doing Spider Man thirty three right like you know like there was water it was dripping and he had to lift himself up and like while they never got the exact shot exactly like it wasn't a if if Zack Snyder was doing it you know the shot we would have gotten right which right. I'm glad they did because it but it was still reminiscent enough of that to get it well um, I I actually really love that because um. In that moment, Peter Parker was a character that we haven't seen in these movies. He was crying. Yeah. He was scared. And he was vulnerable in a way that we haven't really seen from any of these heroes. Because he's a kid, and he was trapped in the rubble, and he thought he was going to die. And I thought I, I, it was very, uh, in that sense, um, I don't want to say disturbing, but shocking, because he was so vulnerable in that moment. Um, I thought that was a really, actually, really great scene. To, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Um, we, we, and we, we talked, we touched on it a little, but with, but I think Keaton as the villain and the whole plot line and, and the combination of Stark telling, you know, Spider-Man or Peter to be on the ground and him uncovering this kind of arms dealing going on and being on his own was, you know, really up the stakes. And then the scene where Peter takes Liz to the homecoming dance, which is the, 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 the titular moment of the movie, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel so stupid now to just realize. But anyway, um, and in the and as and it's the reveal that Adrian Toomes is Liz's father. Um, was not only like I, I, I think I gasped out loud. I was like, oh, yeah. and then that car drive, so and good. as they're talking, and Michael Keaton putting the pieces together, and then figuring it out, and then threatening Peter, like that was really tense and really good. Like Keaton, that was, yeah. Keaton was so good in this, and I'm enjoying the little Keaton Renaissance. I just watched The Founder the other day, so I just I had oh, a great, lot of yeah. Keaton going on in my brain. But he's he's so good in this, and he's, he's yes, he's a he's a very effective actor. He does his Keaton stuff, but it's so good and he plays this character so well he's full of rage and he's full of indignation for his place in the world and yeah. what, what these people have done to him but he's also full of pride for what he's built in the shadows um yep. and i actually I actually liked the vulture costume uh it, it had yeah. the nods to the original with his, his little furry collar but you know it made sense in the world and it, it was intimidating and it was it made sense for what he was doing he used the, the feet claws to pick up big boxes when they would go on heists and um, I thought it was fun. I thought that their fight was good. I, I, I think, you know, Peter's interesting when his villain isn't all, also just really sm strong, but also really smart because he, yeah. You know, then, then it's a then it's a real challenge for him. Um, well, and, and that's why, yeah. I think I think one of the great things is that it plays up Peter's uh, intelligence and Peter's you know, s you know science smarts and all stuff like that. And even like so the the big you know kind of action piece where the where the arms deal on the Staten Island ferry goes wrong and uh, Peter ends up accidentally uh, you know triggering one of the weapons that splits the ferry in half and he's trying you know he's using the suit but also trying to figure out the Peter knows okay where are the points of 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 strength in the ship and how can I weave together the webs to keep it together like that was that was a really great action piece that played not only on Peter's powers the suit but also his knowledge to do that you know um, and and his his Spider Man ness in that he didn't yeah. do it exactly right so he yep. the boat the boat was still going to collapse until Iron Man showed up um, yeah and then that was a great scene with him and Tony I thought I thought it was yeah. a really great this is a really great cast and they're, all the big sort of head to head scenes. Uh, Keaton and Holland, Downey and Holland, uh, yeah, were really good. And because well, you're really that, good actors, that's that's all, my only my only only complaint about the entire movie. 
which is you have an American treasure like Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. I was going to build have, to that. I was going to build. You to have that. Marissa Tomei sitting there. You have oh, she's like and and you already she's have the the, an Oscar winner, goddamn Oscar winner, and you already have the joke of everybody hitting on her and thinking that she, you know, like the the bodega guy in Spanish saying, "Oh, his aunt's a hot Italian woman," and all this sort of stuff, and you barely use her. Like literally, I can count on one hand the scenes she's in. More Tomei, I wanted more Aunt May. God well, damn it! But she got the great, she got the great stinger joke. <laughs> she uh, did, yeah. The, the, the really last funny. line in the movie is hers, which is which was great. Yeah. But um, um, at first I was yeah. like, so is Peter Italian now? But then I realized, you know, in New York. Uh, Irish guys marrying Italian girls is very common. yeah um, yeah yeah we we don't know who's I forget who Aunt May is the sister of I don't know but uh, his yeah I mean clearly Richard uh, uh, Ben has well anyway it doesn't make it's not important he's not her mother he's, he's not the mother so it doesn't matter matter but, she's not his mother thank God uh, <laughs> what 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 was interesting though is that I had a couple sitting next to me. A young couple who really enjoyed the movie because we I was listening to them talk as we were waiting for the credits, you know, scenes yeah. to happen, and they still thought this was a continuation of the other Spider-Man movies. Oh man! And they, you know, it's not their fault. I mean, it kind of is, but it, there's been a lot of Spider-Man movies, so it's a little confusing. That that is the one thing working against them in all this stuff is that it's, yeah. it's, uh, is all these different Spider-Man situations. But um, I I think this is a terrific time of the movies. Uh, Spider-Man. I don't know what I don't know what the visceral thing about him is, but it's something. There's, there's something visceral about seeing Spider-Man swinging through New York, yeah. and uh, I'm glad they really got it right. The suit's fantastic. We we talked about it before, but the Romita-inspired uh, suit with the eyes. I love the gag where he's, his bag's constantly getting stolen whenever he webs it to the wall. Yeah, um, you think he'd hide it better? <laughs> but uh, um, so great. so May is May Matt, Richard Parker is Peter's father. Right. His brother is Benjamin Parker, who married May Riley. Right. So and in this case, she's May Tomei, and that's fine with me. So the other running <laughs> gag we haven't talked about is is the constant educational videos from Captain America, which I thought were hysterical. Yes, um, including the including the the very end of the credits. So one. Let's, let's talk about that because that was the point of contention <laughs> in my theater. Uh, so the mid the mid credit sequence it was kind of a throwaway. It was uh, Adrian, a teaser for the next movie. Yeah, Adrian yeah. Toomes running into Scorpion in the in prison, and uh, which first of all I'm glad they didn't kill Keaton, which means we can get more Keaton in future films. Yeah. Um, and we we we'd seen Scorpion earlier in the film, but so clearly we've got the seeds now for the Sinister Six. Um, yep. But then the end credit sequence was Captain America well, showing up to record another of his educational films. This one was about the virtue of patience, and it was very heavy-handed well, about uh, and, and yeah, disappointment. It picks up on the gag throughout the movies. Like when they're in gym class, they're doing the Captain America physical fitness challenge. Yeah. And then when Peter finds himself in detention, it, it, the, it's rolling a video. It's like, I'm Captain America. You're in detention. <laughs> like, what did you do wrong? And like all this stuff. So the fact that the end credit was, was Captain America with a message about patience, and then it just he's like you might be wondering why am i sitting here you know <laughs> uh many in my theater didn't, were not happy with that joke i loved it really? i thought it was hysterical i i you know as much as i hate the term they, it was it was them trolling the the audience but many in uh, my theater were, were annoyed that they sat through it. and i thought it was great but i thought the whole sequ- i thought the whole gag was great in the, in the gym class video he he says and you're gym teacher and he, and he Gestures to the right, but the teacher standing to the left of the TV. Like those little, yeah. those little details were really funny. Yeah, the gym teacher uh, played by Hannibal Buress, which is he was funny as well too. I will like, say this: as someone who went to a New York City public high school, uh, very, it was very, <laughs> it was very accurate in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, all in all, I, I'm hard pressed to find any complaints about this movie other than the lack of Marissa Tomei. Um, for a moment, I was teetering, like in the last final fight, which involves uh, Adrian Toomes trying to steal a plane full of stuff from Avengers Tower and Peter tagging along in a fight on the plane mm-hmm. and the and the, the jet gets knocked off, like the engine gets knocked off. And I was yeah. like... Peter would be dead 19 times over in the scene in real life. But you remember this is a superhero movie and it's fun and to throw that to the, you know, like yeah. just throw that to the wind and, you know, having it, you know, Peter saves it and has it land on the beach in front of Coney Island again, very New York and very, yeah. you know, like it all worked. I mean, and even, and like the little touches by having like the, the, the self-indulgent Marvel logo sequence, you know, being to the tune of the Spider-Man song um, was nice. And then I love the end credits, you know, which you got the Ramones, Blitzkrieg Bop, and then these great kind of pop oh, art. The, end, credit, of, the end credits were fantastic. Fantastic. End credits were great. Were really, really good. But, yeah, it was just they did they did it right. They finally it took six movies. They finally got it right. See, you you were thinking about him dying in that sequence. I was wondering why the plane was flying south from Manhattan when it was going north upstate New York to end up in Brooklyn. Um, oh, good point. Yeah. But uh, I was like, wow, where's this beach? It's landing. Is it is it some beach in New Jersey? Because you know, it didn't make didn't make any sense. Anyway. Not important. Not important. <laughs> well, I will say, I will say that, but what did make sense was is that the the fact that it took place in Queens and all stuff like that. I mean, the bodega that got ruined was on Twenty First Street, right? And I'm on Twenty First Street all the time. At one point, they went when Peter was chasing the vulture. He was literally, and they called out literally on the street I live on, right? <laughs> and like, and he ended up in Brooklyn. I was like, oh yeah, that's how he would go. Like they got the geography right for the most part. That scene, um, that, that deli scene made me want a New York City deli sandwich real bad. Yeah, yeah. Although I was gonna say, no bodega is that friendly. <laughs> even if you live, no, even if you no, live no, 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 no. That's not true. I, I, when I lived in Brooklyn, I for I was there for twelve years, and I was very yeah. good buddies with my bodega guy. He would, he would. Okay, maybe. Yeah, he, he, he had one of my spare keys for God's sakes. I've, I've, oh, true. I remember that. It's all, I've only got, I've only got a year in Queens. I, yeah. I, I guess got to build up the relationship. Well, I went every single day to that bodega. So yeah. you got <laughs> you need that kind of commitment to become bodega friends. But uh, <laughs> the I, only, the only relationship I have is with the woman at Dunkin' Donuts who knows me and hates me. So, oh, <laughs> so I, I think this is great. I think Tom Holland's a wonderful Spider-Man. He's the best Spider-Man yet. I think the, the universe is is the most interesting. You're, I think you're, I, you're right. This is my, this is my favorite Spider-Man movie by far. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I, I would say that this is the best Spider-Man movie of all of them. And and again, I, I we we always talk about this, and I try to avoid the new shiny, like the latest movie yeah. being the best one ever or stuff like that. But after I, I I would like to see this again. But after the one viewing, this is definitely in top five of all Marvel movies as far as I'm concerned. Well, like I think I, I think it's really strong. I was uh, thinking about it because we had talked in a previous show about how we weren't super psyched for it. Yeah. Um, and I think. You know, we have been doing this for a long time now. It has been since 2008. There have been, there are a lot of these movies. They come out like clockwork, and at the, we're at the point now where in Captain America territory, in that when Ed Brubaker was writing Captain America, we we were running out of good things to say, and it was becoming yep. sort of routine that it was so good. It wasn't taking away the fact that the books were good. It was like, what more is there to say about these things? What you have to now do is do something different. What they do here is the teenage superhero movie. So that's different. Yep. That's not the same as the other movies. That's why this yep. is, works so well. That's why it works so well that he's so young because when you see him in Avengers Infinity War and he's he's gonna he's bouncing around fighting Thanos, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna make sense. And yeah. But yeah. he's gonna be different. He's not gonna be, he, you know, ultimately all these sort of 30s to 40 year old superheroes are not that different. 
but right. he is 15, so he's 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 different, and therefore interesting. Um, that that reminds me though, because I heard going into this, I heard a lot of people, especially a lot of the reviews coming out saying this is like, oh, this is Marvel meets John Hughes and all that sort of stuff, and which I which I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't a lot know of high school stuff. There's a lot of high school stuff, but John Hughes is a very high bar to give it no, to. No, yeah, yeah, but I yeah, will yeah, yeah. Give, I will give them credit that when there, there's the sequence where Peter goes to the party at Liz's house, which is in the quote-unquote suburbs, which I guess is like in Douglaston or like somewhere. Uh, like if she goes be, to school in the city, it's not that far in the suburbs. But anyway. Well, they could be living um, on Long Island, but they also could, it also could be like right at the border of Queensboro. Yeah, that's why that's I'm thinking like Douglaston, like right at the Queens-Nassau border. Yeah. But so there's a whole scene of Spider-Man chasing these arms guys through the suburbs, and he's running through backyards, and the moment i was like ah this is like ferris bueller he runs through a backyard and they're in the living room watching ferris bueller where ferris is running through the backyard and i was like oh that's a little on the nose yeah they didn't, they didn't need that the, <laughs> yeah the, the joke was pretty obvious without it we'll have to call yeah. it out <laughs> no, yeah but maybe i mean i don't know if everybody is as steeped and right. as we, and also also you know i there there's a whole nother generation who probably doesn't even know about the movie so i don't uh, i can't oh, we're, but, so, we're so old but the, uh, it's fun it's super fun <laughs> i don't i don't want to i don't want to it's 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 a great time at the movies. Holland's great. Spider Man's in good hands. Um, look, really looking forward to seeing him in the Avengers mix because even though he didn't join the Avengers at the end, he's clearly going to be back with them. Uh, you know when they all come together for Infinity War. Um, right. So I, I'm ex- I'm excited. You know, we, we we were kind of leery about these lower tier characters. Not that Spider Man's lower tier, but like the your your Doctor Strange's, your Black Panthers, but your Ant Man's. But they are bringing interesting things to the table. Yep. You know, I didn't love the Doctor Strange movie, but the character is interesting. So when he comes into the t- group, he will be interesting. Um, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to Black Panther because the director is fantastic and the cast is fantastic and the, and uh, you know the character. Oh, that good. That, tra- that trailer just looks ben- like bananas good. Yeah. Like it's just like it's like whole like this is a whole other world. Is that Wakanda should be? And right. so yeah, like I think that's going to be the Black Panther is going to be like really good. I think. So you know, this is this. I think we're in an interesting time for these movies yep. right now. Uh, the next one we have coming up is Thor, November. Yep. And uh, it it almost it almost feels like a um, uh, like a next generation moment, you know, where I feel right. like we had that first wave, right, and then we had a rocky transition, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know we heard all the phase two, phase three, all yeah. um, whatever. I feel like we've definitely like it's it definitely seems as if they've shaken off the growing pains uh, or the uh, after effects of Avengers two. And right. they're and they're, they've added some new pieces to the board, and like I'm really excited for Thor Ragnarok. I think I was just talking about this last night to a friend oh, of mine. I love I think the Thor that, movies. I, yeah, I think I think that I, I think that's gonna be great. And you know they're filming, although apparently Renner broke both of his arms on the set of Avengers oh, uh, Infinity War. But but um, you know they're, they're filming Infinity War now, and that's finally gonna pay off on what those seeds that have been let you know, laid out like nearly you know t- uh, ten years ago. At this well, point, part now. twenty of a twenty part story is that what they're saying? Like this is the yeah. finale of the of the twenty part story they've been telling. Um, right. It's 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 exciting. I'm still excited by all these, and I'm still I'm looking forward to seeing them all come together. Thor's Thor. I I, I love the Thor films. A lot of people don't, but the director is also really interesting. He's made some good films that I've seen. So yeah. I'm excited for that. That's our next big Marvel release. We have well before that we have in August we have the Defenders happens, so we have to get ready for that. Yeah. Um, and then after that in October we have the Kingsman sequel. Thor, November third is Thor Ragnarok Justice League and November seventeenth. And then Star Wars. I think that's the schedule for the for the rest of the year in terms of these special edition shows. All right, I'm excited. Well, this is a good this is a good midsummer uh, moment movie moment. Do you want to do ratings? Ratings, ratings. ratings. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it a four. 
I'm going to give it a four and a half. The only thing missing it from getting to be a full five stars would be more Tomei. I could make a t-shirt for you that says more Tomei. More Tomei. <laughs> I mean, she's a goddamn Oscar winner. She's sitting right there. She's adorable. She is. She hasn't lost. And she's good. Not only is she not only is she fantastic, but she's it's like she's she steals it when she's on screen. Like she's great. I you know think what? she's a, a, a amazing actress. Marissa Tomei has it. Whatever she has it, it, it exactly. is, she has yeah. it. She is. Right, and sh- sure, the Italian helps, but sure. I'm just saying. <laughs> she hasn't lost a mile off her fastball, so we're saying. She, she still, has not. She still no, looks yeah. great. Uh, yep. So until, you can go first, you can go, to, you can go to ifanboy.com. You can find a post for the show. You can talk about Spider-Man. Tell us what you thought. You can also find all of our old specialists and shows. We did uh, Wonder Woman just a little about a month ago. You can find that show back there. And uh, we have uh, August 18th is The Defenders. It's only eight episodes, so it won't take us quite as long as previous Netflix shows to put the show out, but you can look for that some point, probably later in, Oct- in August for the next uh, special yeah. edition show. I'm excited for that one. I'm going to I'm gonna watch that much faster than I did Iron Fist. So. And that may be a first weekender. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, until then, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I want a deli sandwich. <laughs> so do I. I don't want an iced tea. That's what I want. Hey!